Hello and welcome to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. This podcast does contain occasional strong language and adult themes. If you are averse to spoilers for the film that is listed in the title, please tune out now, go watch the movie, or, like us, stop at the intermission, watch the movie, and resume the podcast after. Thanks for coming along on this ride with us. Please enjoy. You once said that uh, you like to make an audience scream through technical means. What is it about an audience screaming that you like? Now, those are the kind of questions uh, that the film buffs like to ask. They expect an awful lot of the sort of material that I don't tell anybody. And it was a nightmare. It was an eye-opener. Ignorance. Sheer ignorance. You know, there's no confidence to equal it. I don't have any problem with enjoying a big blockbuster. I'm not a fascist of those boring art movies which when they are over you are glad that they are over and then you celebrate it just as a kind of a superstitious measure i will talk about it so that i don't have to see it again or whatever so in a way our, our broadcast was an assault on the uh, credibility of that machine we wanted people to understand that they shouldn't take any opinion predigested and they shouldn't swallow everything that came through the tap we had uh, Orson Welles, Albert Hitchcock, John Ford, Howard Hawks, Roman Polanski. We had uh, Antonioni. We did, it was unbelievable time to listen to these guys talk. Hello and welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I'm doing a solo episode today. Uh, today we're watching Free Fire by director Ben Wheatley. This has been one that I've been wanting to watch basically ever since it came out. Uh, it was it came out in 2016. Um, again, it was directed by Ben Wheatley. He's one of my favorite um, directors. Uh, you know, he did uh, Sightseers, Kill List, In the Earth, uh, A Field in England. He did High Rise. I haven't seen High Rise, but all of those other movies I really like a lot. Um, this is definitely not more of his sort of horror catalog and so I while I you know I'm a little trepidatious about it but not quite so much because I really liked Sightseers. Sightseers kind of for me delved into a little bit of the dark comedy almost horror so it was very much a different thing. Free Fire seems like it's going to be a lot more action oriented maybe action comedy even maybe straying into other things. I really don't know a lot about it but let me go ahead and read you the synopsis for this so set in boston in 1978 a meeting in a deserted warehouse between two gangs turns into a shootout and a game of survival so really there's probably not a lot of like plot to this this is more of a MacGuffin. it feels maybe more a little bit like tarantino-esque right this looks like ben wheatley is doing um reservoir dogs right something like that um, I'm, I'm kind of interested to see if this is going to be sort of like an all one set sort of thing, or if they're going to be flashbacks with the characters sort of like there are in Reservoir Dogs, you know, showing the setup, if there's going to be more of a like little sort of reveal at the end, like, oh no, there's a twist. One of us was a fed or, you know, Hey, this MacGuffin is something that we didn't think it was before. I'm assuming most of this movie is going to be a lot of hey, we're trying to do this MacGuffin thing. It doesn't really matter. And the whole point of the movie is to kind of show this really cool gunfight. I'll be surprised if there's like any sort of like story to this other than that. 
Um, the other thing that's kind of got me excited about this is that um, it is starring Cillian Murphy and Army Hammer. Uh, it also is starring Charlotte uh, Copley um, or Charlotte Copley. God, I hate saying his name. It feels weird in my mouth. Charlotte? 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 I know he's like South African, isn't he? He was in like District 9 and stuff. I've only ever actually seen him in one movie, and that was actually Open Grave, which is a fantastic movie, actually. If you haven't seen Open Grave, it's really good. I mean, it it kind of falls short a little bit sort of during the middle, but it's really one of those cool, like, um, you know, hey, this is, um, you know, sci-fi bordering on horror, bordering on timey-wimey, fucky-wucky stuff. So it's it's interesting in that respect. So I really like Open Grave. So I'm, I've seen him in that. So, but, like... So who who names their kid Charlto, dude? Like I'm just stuck on that. Like it's like what kind of name is this, dude? The South Africans be like wilden, right? But uh, it also has Brie Larson, who I really have no conception of, like really what she does or who she is. I just know that. A lot of people got mad at her for something. I don't know. She seems like she's kind of, like, annoying when it comes to certain things. Um, I'm trying to think of any movies that I've seen with her in it. Uh, let's see. I'm just going through the list right now, and none of these look familiar to me, really, as far as, like, things that I've seen. Um, oh, no, you know what? She was Envy Adams in Scott Pilgrim vs. The World. Um, she was okay in that but I think she was meant to be kind of annoying so you know take that as you will I guess let's see what else was she in that I would have seen um let's see I don't I haven't seen any of these I've seen part of the new 21 Jump Street although I didn't really care for it that much I kind of walked in and out of the room while someone had it on um let's see what else room i heard a lot about that that's kind of where she was the thing i haven't seen that one though kong skull island have not seen that one yet it's on my list i definitely want to see it uh let's see she was obviously captain marvel she's going forward in that universe which that's where a lot of the attention that she's been getting has been coming from and so like i've been kind of really burnt out on marvel i liked it for a while and then it kind of got weird although uh, interesting note I did go to the movie, uh, to the movies recently, uh, as you'll see in my last episode, if you go back and listen to it, I saw The Batman, so go check that out, but I did see a trailer that, for a Marvel movie, that I'm like, man, I kind of want to see it, and almost the entire reason is that Sam Raimi is directing it, it's the new Captain, uh, Captain, Doctor Strange movie, which I kind of liked the first Doctor Strange, that was kind of one of the last real Marvel movies I saw and I liked, uh, or at least I liked in a certain way because it was weird, right? I think that's when, like, when Marvel does these movies, the weirder they get, the better they are, which is a lot of, or the more, like, non-earthy things they do on it. That's why I like, you know, I like the first Guardians of the Galaxy. I thought it was definitely one of the best Star Wars movies I've ever seen. Um, I really liked, um, you know, Thor The Dark World. I didn't really like Ragnarok. It felt too schlocky and comedy-ish and I didn't really like it it was just cringe to me 
Um, it had some fun moments, but I didn't really like, again, Thor The Dark World remains my favorite Thor movie. And it, when they do weird stuff like that, this, like, I guess that sort of makes me want to go see it. Anyway, really, 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 really long tangent there uh, about Marvel, right? I've been out of the Marvel world, right? That's the only thing that I've seen recently. And, and honestly, I don't know anything about the character of, you know, Captain Marvel or Carol Danvers or anything like that. I really, I'm really not into the Marvel comic lore unless it's like X-Men. And even then it's like, my knowledge goes back to the 90s cartoons, like, right? So if you're not in any of those, you're you're dead to me. So I don't know anything about her other than she was good in Scott Pilgrim vs. the World as Envy Adams. Because um, she seems kind of annoying anyway. You know, she's got one of those faces where it's like it just kind of annoys you, maybe. And, or at least to me, it does. And so she was really good at that role of being that sort of annoying ex- right the famous annoying ex but that that aside um oh also it does have um free fire does have um michael smiley so he is a slightly i guess less known actor uh he was in kill list um one of ben wheatley's other movies uh he was also in he's also in a lot of like little things right? He's an Irish actor. Um, so you, if you watch some more like Irish cinema and whatnot, you'll see him. Um, I'm trying to think here wh what else he was in. I'm just going to double check. So I've seen him in a lot of things. Like he'll be like an extra in things or like whenever he shows up, you're like, oh, I really like that guy. He's like one of those little sort of funny character actors who just add like so much stuff um, to sort of what you're doing. Uh, let's see. What was, what else was he in here? Um, he was, let's see, I'm trying to think of what he was in that I've seen him the most in. Um, like I said, he just shows up and you're like, I know that guy. It's one of those faces where it's like, oh yeah, that guy. And you never know his name. I, I couldn't have told you his name unless I was looking at it, frankly. Um, let's see. He was in the Burke and Hare movie. Let's see. He was in... The other Boleyn girl is a physician. Yeah, he he plays just a lot of extras and whatnot. Again, he played Gal in Kill List, uh, O'Neill in A Field in England. And, and also, he plays, like, a surprising amount of, like, priests in a lot of things. Like, again, he's just sort of that, like, bit role actor who you just look at and you see. And you, you always feel like you like him. So I'm hoping he has a bigger role in this. Um than he does in a lot of other things. But yeah, he plays, like, again, a surprising amount of, like, priests and bishops. Like, uh, you see him playing, oh, Father Crowley and the devil went down to Islington. You see him playing um, uh, Father Robert in a in uh, a movie called Evie. Um, you see him playing, uh, let's see, the Bishop Pascal in The Nun. Like, he, like, he plays a surprising amount of, like, religious, or, or, or like, religious... Um, characters which is weird i guess but you see him in a lot of things you would definitely recognize him if you saw him uh, but i like him too so the, the cast notwithstanding a couple sort of maybe re i have a re few reservations on i really like army hammer i don't know why he gets all the hate he does um i think it's just because like oh straight white actor who's you know whatever I, i've heard that one before but like whatever i don't care like i've 
he's really good in everything I've seen him in. Um, so, and Cillian Murphy, obviously, everything I've seen him in, he's really good. So I'm really looking forward to this movie, um, especially since, again, it's Ben Wheatley who's directing it. I'm interested to see what he does with it, if there's any twists, uh, if there's any turns, or if it's just a, you know, straight-up shootout with some fun moments. I think it's going to be fun either way. Although I don't know that this is going to be one that you can really sink your teeth into, like, you know, Wheatley's Kill List or In the Earth or more of his, you know, horror entries. Even Sightseers had a lot more that you could sink into because there's a lot of, like, interpersonal relationships and story um, to it. Um, but I'm going to do a little bit of, uh, I'm going to go through a little bit of trivia here uh, and just see what what is here. Uh, oh, Ben Wheatley has stated... Uh, a big reason the film is set in the 70s is so there would be no mobile phones. Okay, so um, this is one of those movies where a mobile phone would have solved the situation. All right, cool. Funny. Uh, Army Hammer said that police appeared on the set during the second day of shooting following calls of concern from members of the public in nearby shops having heard gunshots. Okay, interesting. While planning out the dimensions of the set, Ben Wheatley built a scale rep replica of the film's warehouse in Minecraft. <laughs> what? Ben Wheatley is an absolute nerd. Um, wow. In Minecraft, huh? That's interesting. Um, wow. Uh, I guess, honestly, like, if you're not good at art, here, you know what, here's... I'm, I'm, I actually kind of respect this because me, as someone who is not good at art, like I used to draw a little bit, right? And I was like, ah, I might get good if I keep doing this. And then I stopped doing it when I was young. And now I have like very little talent for it. Like I can kind of sketch out a few things here and there where it's like, okay, this might look interesting. But like compared to most people, like I don't have like a good sense of like doing art, right? I don't, I, I'm not very good at it. I think I could be if I really tried, but I'm not, right? I just, that's not something I do. So as someone who like vastly appreciates like, all right, I'm going to do storyboarding in Minecraft. That's actually kind of ingenious. And I really appreciate that. Um, that's kind of funny, really, even though it is like massively nerdish. Like, all right, all right, guys, we're, we're going to get all of our characters here like just I could just imagine this right you're doing walkthroughs for the script or something uh and you just get all of your like you know writers or whoever you're writing this with or even the the cast and you're just like all right we're gonna walk through this in Minecraft um before we do it all right and say your lines through like the chat in in discord or or mumble or whatever else you're using that would that's just hysterical to me to think that that is like a thing um that could be possible uh wow very very cool thank you kanye very cool this film is the longest gunfight in the history of movies since about 55 minutes elapsed between the first and last shots fired with deadly intent wow uh, this is this is actually turning out to be sort of interesting um Ben Wheatley has said that one of his inspirations was actual FBI, an actual FBI report on a Miami shootout. Okay, okay. Ben Wheatley described games such as Half-Life Counter-Strike. Half-Life Counter-Strike? What? I'm assuming, oh. Oh, the original, like, mod from, okay, I see. I see what they're saying here, how they've written it. Basically, he was inspired by Counter-Strike as a source of inspiration for the film. Also, huge nerd. Um, I'm kind of vastly appreciating this. Um, 
Ooh, Luke Evans was cast as Vernon, but dropped out due to schedule conflicts with Beauty and the Beast. The role was re reworked for Charlotte Copley when he was cast. I feel like that's kind of a step up, honestly. I don't, I don't have anything against Luke Evans, but I don't really like Luke Evans all that much as far as, like, you know, like what he's done. I don't know, honestly, a lot about Luke Evans. I know he played, um, uh... He was in, he was probably the best part, honestly, if I recall, of The Hobbit. He played Bard. Um, so, I mean, he's okay. I just haven't really seen him in anything else that I'm just crazy about him in. Um, yeah, I'm looking here. It doesn't, there's nothing, no other characters or, or, or movies that I've seen where I'm like, no, nah, this is, he's great in. But uh, I did like him as Bard. He was probably the, the, the best part of that movie once you got to a certain point of those three movies actually so yeah i guess but i mean i like i don't know I, as, as much as i said i, I really haven't seen charlotte copley in anything and i really have only seen luke evans in one or two things um i don't know i feel like charlotte copley is an interesting choice here let's see ben Re wheatley wrote the role of chris for cillian murphy after the actor approached him and expressed desire to be cast in one of his films oh so this is written for cillian murphy this is gonna be i'm interested to see how that's gonna be um who else olivia wilde was cast as the lead role but dropped out i see i know i like olivia wilde she seems to me like yeah she, she and and uh what's her face captain marvel i guess um brie larson um the 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 cheese lady brie she, she they look very similar but olivia wilde seems to have at least i feel i've seen her in a lot more things she seems to have a lot like that very like rough edges but also like she's got something about her that i sent tend to like in movies mostly um i don't know i like her more I, that's sad let's see what else this is Brie Larson's first action movie role. She primarily appeared in comedies and drama projects. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah. Uh, otherwise, it's getting into a lot of... Oh, here we go, here we go. The movie's atmosphere and narrative is inspired by Quentin Tarantino films like Reservoir Dogs and The Hateful Eight. In those films, most of the story is set in a large room and almost every character dies in a horrible shootout. Oh, spoilers. Uh, well, look, it's a shootout. Most people are going to die. Like, I've seen the trailer for this. A lot of people are shot in the middle of things. Uh, while some characters survive and their fates remain ambiguous. Okay. Yeah. All right. So that's kind of my thought is it's going to be very much leaning into the Tarantino style reservoir dogs hateful eight which i i like um i think i like hateful eight maybe a little bit more than reservoir dogs honestly just because i'm a bigger fan of westerns um i like the setting in that i think a lot of the characters i liked more maybe um i don't know reservoir dogs is fine i think it's a little overrated but again i i've said this before on the podcast i don't think any tarantino film is like that i've seen is i don't think any of them are bad i like them all um, it's just to the degree of which I like them. And I think I would probably put Hateful Eight above Reservoir Dogs. Um, that's just me though. Uh, like it's not that huge of a difference, but so I'm, I'm excited to see this. It, it's maybe boding well that it is very much, it's a long gunfight. It should be fun. And yeah, I don't know. Ooh, here, here's another one. Chris is displeased because the, oh no, that's the, never mind. I thought that was a thing I was going to say. Oh, here's some fun trivia for like gun gun people but no that's actually maybe a spoiler i'm not gonna read that um 
So anyway, I'm excited to see this. Uh, it's been something that I've overlooked for a while, but I've been wanting to watch. So we'll see. Uh, it's got a good ensemble cast for the most part. It seems like it's going to be very much like a Tarantino style, but directed by Ben Wheatley, who is apparently a massive video game nerd. I, who knew? So I'm going to watch it, and we'll see what I think when I get back. Um, oh, hey, I forgot to do the thing that I always do, which is rate the movie on a scale of 0 to 5 Snake Plissken's uh, before I go. Also, before I go, you know, if you like uh, the podcast, um, you know, give us a rating wherever, share it with friends, uh, all that yada, 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 yada. Uh, if you, you know, you like the content. And I might have to be changing my schedule of release. I might not be scheduling every week for, you know – probably starting here maybe in June potentially or maybe even before then maybe some big life changes happening so um, I may have to spread some of these out maybe do like I said that's why I may be doing getting testing the waters of doing these solo episodes more it's just so that I they're easier for me to do because I don't have to schedule other people so if I don't sort of scale back the releases uh, I'll probably do more solo episodes here and there so just watch out for that uh, in the upcoming you know, months, but, um, just like I said, follow us on Twitter at MWNS podcast. Uh, also big shout out to, I want to shout out, um, um, AJ McCool guy, follow him at AJ McCool guy. So AJ M C C O O L G U Y. Uh, again, you can follow us at MWNS podcast, but AJ, um, is the one who did the art for the podcast, the, the normal, like the sort of you know, uh, podcast art, um, with the, the cartoon picture of Snake Plissken on it. Uh, really like it. If you need some work done and you like his style, uh, reach out to him. He's a really good guy. I know him personally. So shout out to him. Mm, I haven't really shouted him out for a while. Uh, also I'm shouting him out because, Hey, yo, next time you're like in town, we should record something because yo, uh, hit me up. But <laughs> <laughs> anyway, with that said, I'm going to leave you guys. I'm going to go watch this movie uh, and rate it. Again, I'm almost forgetting to do the thing. Uh, I think I'm going to like this. It's probably going to be like a 3.5 for me. It's not going to be earth-shattering, but I'm going to enjoy it. Um, just simply because, like, hey, it's going to be Ben Wheatley doing a Tarantino film with a pre pretty decent cast. I get the feeling that there's maybe going to be something that I just dislike in this. I don't know why, but I get the feeling that there is. So I'm going to hedge my bets and say a 3.5. So we'll see you on the other side. Peace. Here he is. Don't like his jumper. Thanks for coming out. Fuck the small talk. Let's buy some guns, eh? So, what do you say we check out the merch? Come out, come out, wherever you are. Is that what we ordered? You're all betrued, eh? Chipping the bird there. He says it's not what he ordered. They ordered M16s? Really? I'm not running a pizza delivery service. Do you want the weapons or you don't want the weapons? What the fuck is that accent? Oh, I think it's like Swiss or something. Austrian. Oh, desert Austrian. You're a dead man, Berlin! Come here, you! Ah! A fucking suit! Ah! Ah! Shooting that! Oh, now we're cooking! Oh, Jesus! Oh, that brother's a bitch! Oh, I forgot who said I'm on! Yeah,
Welcome back to the Movies We've Never Seen podcast. I'm your host, Mike, and I am back from watching Free Fire from 2016, directed by Ben Wheatley. And I have to say, I think this might be the first Ben Wheatley movie that I haven't really been crazy about. Um, It was okay. Like, it wasn't bad. I think the things that really bothered me are maybe sort of like... I don't know, maybe not the things that might bother other people, but I'm not 100% certain on this one. So I'll go through the things I did like. Um, For the most part, I really liked the interaction with the cast and how they played with each other. Um, The little interactions were really good. Um, Army Hammer's Ord was honestly probably the best part of the movie. Um, Cillian Murphy and Michael Smiley's uh, Frank, uh, they were both like, pretty good characters like i mean they played sort of the straight men in the situation right they're ira freedom fighters who are wanting to buy guns from charlotte copley um who is basically they're being facilitated by intermediaries namely army hammers ord and brie larson's justine who justine seems to know everyone has seems to have like a, a past with all of them for some reason I'm not 100% certain. Like, her character was just... But, like, Charlotte Copley was hysterical in this movie. Um, He was really good. Army Hammer was, like, sort of, you know, he was very much trying to be in control of the situation and was for a very long time. He's kind of, like, the badass of the situation who you don't want to piss off, uh, who has a really good sense of humor. And then you have, like, the wild card who is, you know... Uh, Sam Riley, uh, the character of Steve-O, um, who gets into it with, uh, I think, maybe my favorite character in the entire movie, weirdly enough, Harry. That sort of antagonism between um, Steve-O and Harry was really what carried the movie for me, along with sort of Army Hammer's quips and, um, you know, Charlotte Copley's sort of antics, right? I mean, it really wasn't amazing i guess um in just the fact that like i mean it it did feel very much like a tarantino or even a um guy Ritchie film you know it felt kind of like one of those sort of gangster films you know everybody doing this and that there really wasn't a twist at the end except for justine you know who is played by brie larson they there really was no twist other than that she ended up killing army hammer and um, Cillian Murphy, who we assume dies, um, even though the police show up right after, so I guess he could have lived. Um, it's really not clear. She gets caught basically trying to take the money, and it the whole time it was never really clear if she was sort of trying to play them from the beginning, and I think that that's what this movie lacked, is that there was no clear twist, right? I think the movie was fine when it comes to a you're throwing all these people in a room, all these personalities, you're kind of giving them, it's almost like a big Wild West shootout, right? More than a 
gangster film or a Tarantino sort of like folding sort of um, personalities together and people who have XYZ wants trying to get X thing to get the MacGuffin, which is the, the money, the briefcase, right? I guess at, at a certain point, the IRA guys, they really only just want the gun so they can kill the English, which is a noble cause. But in in this case, it really was just, you know, they, they got duped, unfortunately, because um, Babu Sise, I think that's how you say it, the character of Martin, he was going to, who was essentially um, Charlotte Copley's uh, Vernon, the character of Vernon's sidekick, you know, Martin was going to betray Vernon with those two hitmen once the deal was basically over. Um, however, everything had gone wrong before then, before they could really, like, you know, you know, take it and sort of flip the script on everybody. So I think that the thing was, and it seemed like, again, Justine was in on it with Martin because when he got shot in the head, um, it was only, it only just grazed him. It didn't kill him, but he got shot in the head and it grazed him. It knocked him out. She seemed to be really upset by this. And when you're never really sure why, and it never really comes up. Like, you know, she tries to get out, the Irish really trust her. They're trying to, like, get her out so they can... It's really convoluted in the middle of this, in the middle of this gunfight. Now, I'll forgive it a little bit just because, again, the gunfight was pretty fun. I know a lot of people seem to not like the sort of more shaky cam, you know, free hand style, I think, that that Wheatley went with because it was clear that this was not necessarily all completely shot, you know, like, on, like big tracking steady camera there was a lot of it felt like handheld not shaky cam but for sure not found footage but it was definitely more gonzo style filmmaking and it felt more of the era i kind of appreciated that as a choice i think the action the gunfight itself was pretty good i liked most of the characters um again i think the standout for me probably was harry who you know was just this piece of shit boston guy along with steve-o like like these boston lackeys that are hired are probably honestly kind of sort of the funniest part like steve-o is like a wild card who is there just in you know injecting chaos harry is again just a sort of a a, a piece of garbage uh bostonite you know your archetypical boston gangster that you that you think about like who is you know eh, i'm gonna you know he talks like this he's gonna you know i, I don't know how to I'm not bad at doing a bo I'm bad at doing a Boston accent, right? Because I don't know. It runs in New York, but it's all the same. It's East Coast whatevers. East Coast pieces of garbage. So, <laughs> I mean, like that was kind of fun. Again, I, I liked the quips. Um, I liked sort of the the action. Um, you could tell that definitely Wheatley is more of a horror director because the times when, you know, there were sort of chases, right? Once, um. Michael Smiley's Frank sort of got out trying to get up to the phone, was being pursued by Vernon, by Charlotte Copley, and Brie Larson was being pursued by, I believe it was Bernie, um, one of the other lackeys on the other side. There was definitely big elements of horror. It felt a lot better, although you were never really scared because, honestly, I think the worst part of this movie really was just Brie Larson's acting. Because... And it was Brie Larson, too. The whole thing was just that it centered around her character, who ended up ultimately being the one to double-cross everyone, right? She never had a motive for it. And again, this is maybe more in the writing than anything. 
because I think the movie looked slick and it was fun from a from that standpoint. But as far as from a story standpoint, it really didn't have what you wanted in a movie like this. You want a twist or you want a you know, a double cross that makes sense. You want everything to be all clear at the end. Whereas in this case, it was just Brie Larson shooting both of the main protagonists as they were going to walk off and have a drink together. And you're like, man, what a bitch. <laughs> like, we've already resolved this. Like, why do you got to be this way? And like, she wasn't even like, like whenever she had a line, she felt flat. She didn't feel like she, she felt like she was phoning it in, right? From an acting standpoint. I, I can't, like, all the other acting and the people in this movie felt genuine. Like, Steve-O, Sam Riley Steve-O, felt like a legitimate, like, Boston crack addict, right? Harry felt like a piece of garbage, low-level gangster. You know, uh, Martin uh, by Babu Sise was, you know, he felt like, you know, like, yeah, he could have been, like, they could have really played that up more. Um, you know, Ord the consummate professional who has, you know, basically, you know, good looking, um, you know, beard oil, all, everything looks great. Um, doesn't want to get into a scrap, but can, you know, and Frank and, uh, Chris, it's Cillian Murphy and Michael Smiley. They both felt like, yes, these are like IRA freedom fighters. You know, they all felt good except for Brie Larson. And it's just like, they could have either at least, played up the story of oh she's you know she's in it for herself working to double cross this whole deal with you know maybe her i can't quite tell lover martin you're never sure because she has clearly a history with vernon so she must know martin fairly well you know she's got this thing where she's flirting with cillian murphy and it's just never clear why Cillian Murphy, like, who's, like, tries to ask her to dinner and she's really awkward about it. Like, it just, Cillian Murphy, like, delivers on his end. You feel like he's genuinely upset by this. But it's like, why? Because she's, she's just annoying. She's just this annoying sort of flat character. I don't know why it annoyed me so much. I was ready to, like, I've only ever seen her in one other thing. And I kind of, you know, I didn't dislike her in it. I think she played, um... You know, she was really good in Scott Pilgrim versus the world. Um, but in this movie, she was meant to be sort of the double crossing, you know, love interest, I guess, the femme fatale in a way. And, you know, the maybe the, I guess, the unassuming, maybe that's it, you know, because she, she started off as sort of the like, I don't know, you were never sure why she was there. Like, Army Hammer is Ord, his character was 100% like, yes, he's there to facilitate the deal. And you were never sure why Brie Larson was there. Like, I never picked that up. It was just so weird to me why she was even there. Like, who are you? Like, are you are you working with Army Hammer? Are you working for him? Are you looking for the other people? Are you working for these IRA guys? Are you just, like, a leech? Her character was just not fleshed out, and I hated it. Like, if, if she had some sort of a redeeming factor about her character. Like it was revealed, like, you know, she and Martin were, you know, working together. Like if someone revealed that, like, right. You know, if you, if you would have had one of those dying hitman assassins, not the one who was going to talk to Ord, but got shot, um, who you're not sure who he was shot by. Like, it's never clear. Like you, if he, you know, you would have 
one of the other characters would have interacted with her and then it's like oh you know hey looks like they got martin but at least you're still alive boss like it would have made more sense like and then she could have shot the guy like you know to keep him quiet it would have made sense it would have made for like a bigger reveal as her the villain and then at the end where she kills um ord and and chris and then you're like no which i felt like anyway like i hated it and then like you get this triumphant like you know when she gets caught by the cops like yes cool she got caught you know because over the course of the film you kind of learn to really like chris you learn to like ord um a lot and even again harry and steve-o's sort of arc was fun you know at least that like you know oh man harry Harry got shot the fucking ass. Like it was, it was really good. And then Steve-O just like shooting all of these things being a random chaos entity. It was really good. Um, and them trying to get at each other. It's just, I think, and I'm not going to throw this all on Brie Larson because again, the, 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 the story was written in such a way where it feels like they cut out too much, right? They didn't add back in like a good, antagonist in this or a good you know person like who's double crossing everyone you know like in that good like you know in the uh you know in reservoir dogs or in like snatch or in lock stock and two smoking barrels you have the guy at the end who kind of gets away or you have the guy in the end who was you know ah he was the cop the whole time you have the reveal who's kind of like everyone's trying to in it for their own skin but at the end, if you would have revealed like something like, hey, she was the mastermind behind this. She set this whole deal up so she and Martin could get away with not just the guns, but the money, the ammo, and then no one would have been the wiser, right? Like that that would have been a good, satisfying ending for her to basically kill these characters, or at least think she kills the characters, and then get arrested. Because guess what? You know, hey, she's she turned out to be the big bad. We don't like her. But I, it just never happened that way. That that would have been how I would have done it. I mean, otherwise, if you take that out, I mean, it was, I didn't regret watching this movie. It was fun. It had its moments. Uh, it was a really good gunfight, honestly. I liked it. And it's funny, because I was mentioning in the first half how Ben Wheatley had essentially set this up as, you know, like he, he, he was inspired a lot by, uh, by Counter-Strike. You could tell. If, if any of you have played Counter-Strike out there, right, you just know because while there is a a lot of stuff, you know, Counter-Strike is a fairly fast-paced game. It goes in, like, you know, rounds of, I believe it's, like, first, you know, best of 15, I think, or best of 16, or no, sorry, best of 15, I think, something like that. Basically, like, there's a lot of rounds, but in those rounds, like, either times like a lot of things can happen really fast right you're 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 everyone's rush all the terrorists are rushing b right on dust two or it could be like all right we're slow playing cat uh and then having someone fake b so that we can all go a and it's like a really slow play like like there are a surprising amount of times where nothing happens in counter-strike right and that's that's sort of the thing here but it wasn't necessarily boring to me it was just that a lot of it was setting up sort of this tension that never really never really came to fruition because the story never went there right um and and this movie was and i'll say it was written by um ben wheatley and his wife amy jump 
um, who did write Sightseers, who did write um, Kill List, who did write, I think, High Rise and A Field in England. I I could see what they were trying to do with this, and I think it was a really good attempt, but I just don't think that they were quite there. Like, this seemed like it was like, yeah, this is a love letter to sort of those, like it was a love letter to Tarantino, to... Um, uh, to uh, Guy Ritchie and all those sort of mobster sort of, I, I like to call them sort of, I guess, maybe neo-noirs. They're not really they're not really that. I know that they're not that. This sort of neo-noir action gangster films where you've got all of these competing interests trying to get the MacGuffin, right? That's sort of the style of like at least old Tarantino, you know, circa Pulp Fiction and Reservoir Dogs. It's certainly old Richie, you know, Circus Snatch, Rock and Roll, all these things. Um, but at least those movies had people that were, you know, like there was more of a clear antagonist at some points of the movies. And at the very, at the end, certainly there was someone who basically came out better than they, um, than they were before. This movie sort of ended a lot more like Wheatley's other sort of films where it's like, Oh man, just everybody's dead and no one got a got a happy ending, you know? Even though it is more of a you know, sort of an action comedy, it still ended on that downer note. Now, I did appreciate a lot of the dark humor they put in this. Um again, I think uh some of the best parts of this movie were those sort of like um those moments where I think it captured very much the lightning in a bottle of from pulp fiction right where you know they're driving along and they're talking you know in the car about all this random stuff where they've got marvin in the back seat and then they shoot marvin in the face it's like holy shit i shot marvin in the face like that's what the whole movie kind of was right it was this movie of holy shit you shot me dude like stares in disbelief as I am bleeding, right? And I think it was actually a very good depiction of like a lot of like a like a more realistic gunfight but taken to a weird extreme where like a lot of times in a gunfight you really like if you read a lot of accounts of this sort of thing like most people don't die in a gunfight unless like they get, you know, like a an artery hit and they bleed out or they get shot in like a vital organ like, you know, right in the right in the face as Marvin did, rip Marvin, poor Marvin, or like in the heart, right? A lot of times what'll happen is you'll get shot and you'll just sit there and bleed out for a while. And that's usually the way it goes. So in this movie, a lot of people got shot in legs, a lot of people got shot in shoulders, a lot of people got sh uh, shot in a lot of places where it wasn't going to kill them, right? And so this movie was very much, it was that scene where they shoot Marvin in the face, but the whole movie, right? It was, it was that. Um, a lot of it was, you know, you're going to bark all day, little doggy, you're going to bite. It was, it was a very much a love letter to those scenes, but I don't know that it was, you know, a very good overall film as far as like when comparing it to those, because again, they just didn't have that through line that basically wove everything together like Tarantino or Richie does. Like it, it just was not, it did not have that thread that you you don't see you get glimpses of it but at the end you see it and you're like oh it ties it into a nice neat little bow at the end so i think that was my biggest problem again i just i thought all the acting was good with the big exception of brie larson i man i just she was so flat in this role again i think she might have just been phoning this one in like 
all right, I'm going to do this movie. Seems fun. And then she didn't really care about it. You could tell, like, all the other characters in this movie were having fun. Like, Charlotte Copley was just absolutely chewing up the scenery as this, honestly, my, per, like, kind of retarded, but I you have to assume rich South African, because why else would they put up with him, right? Like, you know, he's this rich guy who, want, you know, do, works with the underbelly, supplying guns to whoever. He's a gun runner, and clearly Martin is the one running the show, but Martin kind of gets, you know, backseat. Um, you know, Ord, Army Hammer's character, like he was just really just a force of nature in this movie of just being there for like the whole thing. Like he was great. He kind of fell off at the end. Like there was a bit where you didn't really see him on screen, which is a shame. He should have been more prominent, I think. Um, and then Cillian Murphy, he's solid as ever. Like he like great character, sort of the great, the good straight man in this film. Um, and again, uh, Michael Smiley, sort of the the loose cannon former alcoholic. Like they they delve into a little bit with these characters' backgrounds, which you know it really wasn't about character development or anything, but it was you know about like these characters coming in and what they do in a situation. It felt like sort of a, an elongated Wild West shootout, but with sort of that sort of modern sensibility like the Tarantino brings to a lot of things, right? Or, or Richie, it had that slickness to it. It just didn't have that sort of thread that would have made it, that would have taken it from, this is a fun movie and okay, to being, this is a great movie, right? I feel bad. I wanted to like this more. I, I kind of hedged my bets at a 3.5, but I think, honestly, I might have to bring it down a little bit lower than a 3.5. I, I would watch this again, right? I think this is a good movie to put on in the background if you just want to watch, you know, if you want to watch it with people. It's more of a fun party movie that you can put on and you know you're talking while this movie is is running and you know all the sort of parts where nothing's happening you're talking you're talking you're talking and all of a sudden someone says a one-liner and shit happens right and then you pay attention again that's this movie right this is a movie that you kind of casually pay attention to and can have fun with but you're not really there for watching the plot or the intricacies because there really there really are none right i it, it again it was it was more entertaining to sit through than a lot of other movies that had frankly more plot than this um just because of the force of nature that was like some of these characters just going through and chewing up the scenery and and just you know again just the nice caricatures that they throw in like Harry and Steve-O um you know Frank Chris Ord Vernon it's just Justine was like why are you even here why are you here? There's no justifiable reason, and there's never one that's put in here. And you're also not only was the was the character there was no real justification for the character being there. There was no real justification for Brie Larson being there. Anybody else, I feel like, could have done a better job in that role. Like, just like anyone, just throw anyone else in there because she was so flat and boring. Like, you're in a movie where you are literally playing a essentially a someone who facilitates gun runners and like drug deals like you have to be at least somewhat interesting you're not you're not a flight attendant who is like just trying to phone it in and get home like to your family after a bunch of like dudes have been grabbing your butt like for a week solid like and you're just tired of it like no you're just like no you are this interesting fun independent strong woman allegedly, who is maybe playing themselves off as, you know, the the damsel. You're a femme fatale. That's what this character should have been. Like, instead of, you know, you know, this could have been like, you know, if this was done like in, 
the 1950s like i could easily see like lauren bacall doing this role like it would have been great like she could have thrown in some like you know played the damsel at first and then you saw her be you know oh nope i'm gonna i'm gonna be you know the femme fatale i'm gonna be i'm all badass all of a sudden i'm throwing out quirky lines you know you get glimpses of it at first like someone like that like any anyone else and i think that um was mentioned in the first half uh, who was meant to play play this? I think it was Olivia Wilde. She would have been much better, like definitely. I think Olivia Wilde is as a little bit maybe too hard of a feature for what they were going hard of features. Like her face is very masculine. Nothing against her, but she's a very masculine sort of woman, but in a pretty way. And I think they were going for Brie Larson because like she's a lot more, I guess maybe rounder in the face and less threatening. And so that's meant to be the twist. I don't know what, but in this case, it just it just didn't work. Nothing about her was good. Her character wasn't great. It was just there. Uh, Brie Larson seemed like she phoned it in, in this cast of other people doing really fun stuff and having fun. Um, it just, it just didn't, just didn't tickle my prostate there. Um, but I, I would watch this again uh, with people, I think. Uh, that said, I think I'm going to rate this on a scale of 0 to 5 Snake Pliskins. I'm going to give this a 2.5 um, for now. Uh, like I said, I think it was a 3.5 before. I think I'm going to bring it down a star just because, like, man, it just it fell flat at the end. It really did. I was, like, really getting excited about, like, these characters walking off sort of like a, you know— at the end of uh, Casablanca, you know, hey, I, th I get the feeling that this is going to be the start of a beautiful friendship sort of thing. Like, these guys shooting at each other for, like, a solid 55 minutes. Then they, like, all right, we're going to walk off and maybe die in a ditch before we get there. But we're going to go have a drink because, like, you know, hey, we got through this, right? And then Brie Larson just comes out of the blue and just shoots them both for no apparent reason that really didn't further the plot. Cool, thanks, Brie. You've ruined the movie. <laughs> and again, I can't just say it was Brie Larson. The writing on this one, I think, was partially to blame. I think they maybe went a little bit harder in the paint on the one-liner quips than they should have when they should have just been like, all right, we're going to focus a little bit more on plot. We can throw in one-liner quips and cool moments here and there. I do have to say, though, practical effects were cool. Um uh there was you know not a lot of gore here and there but a dude does get his you know you know run over uh his his face run over um man that'll be like two movies that i've seen in like less than like a week where somebody gets like their face run over um spoilers i guess maybe for an upcoming movie that i've watched i'm going to release an episode on Woo! it's a new movie too it's also by one of my favorite directors but that movie was substantially better um as far as you know movies go um again this one it wasn't bad it was just disappointing again i liked sightseers i think i'm gonna go back at some point and watch high rise here um that one i'm less excited about than this one just because i don't like tom hiddleston as much as a lot of other actors this one had a better cast objectively i think but tom hiddleston's okay i don't really get the whole obsession with him i know loki blah, 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 marvel but um, I do want to watch High Rise just to give it its fair shake because, you know, I like Ben Wheatley's other, like his horror stuff. And I thought Sightseers was a good comedy. I thought that had a really good sort of ending. Like like when Wheatley does black comedies and horrors, he's really good. I think the action he may have left a little bit, you know, he has a good eye for that sort of thing. But I think he left out sort of the main sort of plot and thread that 
holds these action films together. While a lot of action movies really don't have that much of a plot, the kind of action movie that he was doing, this sort of neo-noir gangster st- story that sort of is indicative of Tarantino uh, or Guy Ritchie, really needs that to pull it together. You know, without that, it's just, it's this, which is okay, but not great. So I guess I'm going to leave it there. Uh, we'll see you next time probably with another guest episode. We'll see. Um, Like I said, in the first half, follow us on Twitter, uh, MWNS Podcast. Uh, You can follow us on Instagram too, but it's a pain in the ass for me to post there. So I don't post very much, but I'll try to get back to it if I can. And rate, review, share, whatever you want to do. You know, if I was going to say if something, but I don't remember, I'm trailing off here. Um, Go uh, go do all that stuff. Share it with your grandma. She wants to watch movies, too, where people get their faces run over and a bunch of Bostonite pieces of shit yell at each other and shoot each other for, like, 50 minutes. So um, ha- show, show Granny a good time and let her listen to this episode and watch the movie with her, okay? Uh, so we'll, I guess, talk to you later and see you in the next one. Peace. And I wonder if it really was. I think it was always was show business. I think they were pretending to be factories, and it was still show business. I heard myself speaking these terrible corny lines, and there I was stuck with $350,000 worth of show, and I had to get on somehow. Plus, at the time, oh, they were real jerks. Plus, plus, at the time, really pieces of work. Plus, plus at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Plus, plus at the time. Did you see Armageddon? I assure you that I would rather have been shot. I really did, because he was a monster. But they all were, or almost all of them, those guys. He came on as a monster, you know. He snarled at you, like that. Plus, plus at the time. He was a monster. Like that. Plus, plus at the time. I assure you that I would rather have been shot. Follow us on Twitter at MWNS Podcast or contact us at MWNS Podcast at ProtonMail.com. All music used in this episode is produced by Young Carts and used with license.